This is the Made It in Music Podcast, show 120. Welcome to the podcast, where we bring you tools and resources to help you go full-time in music and to stay in. The music business is a roller coaster ride, changing faster than any of us can pay attention to. We all need a competitive edge to stay ahead and to stay successful. What's working, what isn't, and what's coming? That's exactly what this show is all about. Back again with Full Circle Music, the Made It in Music podcast. Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and you're listening to the Made It in Music podcast. And today we've got a good one. This is episode 120, Jeff Owen, how band members can evolve their role in the music industry. This was a fascinating interview. Jeff Owen, in case you don't know him, is the lead guitarist of the band 10th Avenue North, which is a very, very successful uh, established band in the Christian music circle. But uh, looking for more ways to make music and let his creativity out, Jeff has always looked for a side hustle or plural side hustles. Most recently, he stumbled upon writing music for film and television in the sync world. And we've heard from a lot of you guys that you want to know more about sync. How do you get songs placed in film and TV? Because not only can it be a creatively satisfying thing when that happens, when you're watching a movie and you see one of your songs in it, it can also pay off financially as well. And we are all looking for ways to help make that living Uh, just a little bit easier in the music business. So this one will give you huge insights into that. He's recently had placements for an ad on Pop Sockets. A lot of you guys have heard of Pop Sockets. The Resident on Fox. He's had placements on MTV and Sirens on Freeform as well too. So um, he's also recently produced the first two tracks on John McLaughlin's full length that came out November 9th. So check that out as well. You're going to hear a bunch of stories from his amazing journey as a lifelong musician. And we're going to touch on uh, a few different things, some various ways in the music business to make money both full-time and part-time. A lot of people have that question, do I have to go completely full-time? The answer is right away, no. There are a lot of ways to do it part-time if you're looking to build towards full-time. So we talk about that. We also talk about how to spend your free time and be productive in your creativity. Uh, Maybe you're a musician or a band member that's on the road. There's a lot of free time there, and Jeff shares uh, some tips and techniques and strategies he uses to make the most of that free time. Jeff Owen is here to share his incredible story about how he made it in music, and he's here to help you do the same. But before we jump into the interview, just a quick reminder, in case you didn't already know, we've got a new website live at fullcirclemusic.com. Go there. Now, hit pause. If you're on your phone, go to fullcirclemusic.com. Check it out. Scroll around. See what we're up to. Uh, Logan, who does all of our marketing and and work for our academy side of things, has put a lot into the website, and it's really, really great. So go check it out, fullcirclemusic.com. Also, coming very, very soon, we want to hear from you. We are planning for our season three and what that's going to look like. Um, Over these next couple episodes, we're going to be winding down season one, winding down 2018. And as we head into the top of the new year, we're planning for our third season. Here's the big thing I need from you. Keep your eyes peeled. We're going to be asking you guys 
some questions about what do you like about the podcast? What do you not like about it? And it'll be in the form of a really simple survey. It won't take a lot of time, but if you've listened to the show, listened to a lot of episodes, we want to hear your thoughts. We want to make season three absolutely just mind-blowingly amazing for you. So stand by and keep your eyes peeled on our social media and email list and on the podcast as well for that upcoming survey. So let's just jump straight into the interview with Jeff Owen at Full Circle Music. Jeff Owen. Yes, sir. From 10th Ave North. 10th Ave North. Why did I call you 10th Ave North? It's abbreviated. It's a long name. That's the that's the street version. Yes. 10th Ave North. 10th Avenue North. Thank you for being here today. Yeah. Made dude, a music podcast. Man. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. I, uh, I, I listen to the podcast on the reg, well, usually when I'm driving or mowing my yard. Okay. So that's, is that like, for me, I do podcasts when I'm doing dishes. Oh, yeah. And when I'm doing laundry, which... For me, podcasts makes unenjoyable tasks really enjoyable. Huh. So, okay. I don't know if you enjoy mowing the grass or not. But. I do enjoy mowing, but, okay. you know, it's isolated. Like, with kids, I'm sure there's, like, yeah. you're just interrupted. You know, the dishes are banging. So do I you, need to, like, focus. Do you have, like, uh, what do you call those, like, shooting headphones? No, I use my in-ears. I'll use in-ears. Okay, while yeah. you're mowing. Okay. That's gotcha. amazing. That's awesome. Well, man, really quick, yeah. and I do want to dive into this. But I just think there's an interesting tie-in with the podcast because, as we'll we'll talk about later in this episode, you've now got your own publishing deal as a songwriter. But can you tell us a little bit of how that maybe came about? Yeah. Um, so I play guitar in 10th Avenue North for anybody who doesn't recognize who I am. You might not even recognize the band. But um, so 12 years ago when the band was getting signed, talking with labels, publishers, managers, you know, there's... We were sort of thrust into this situation of meeting all these people and, okay, who do we want to be our label? Who do we want to be our manager? And it was a very rare situation. I don't think that happens to a lot of people. It was a blessing. In terms but, of getting to choose, actually. Yeah, just having yeah. multiple options. Um, but uh, Chad Segura was one of those options for publishing, and he was at was it EMI at the time. Before. Probably if it was 12 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So we met him for Mexican food, and I remember enjoying, you know, our time talking with him. And uh, so we we decided to go with um, our our labels publishing. And fast forward twelve years, um, twelve years ago, ago, twelve years ago, no, twelve years. That's when we met Chad. Yeah, Yeah. later. Um, So we're. I'm mowing my yard, probably listening to the podcast, and it was an older episode at that time. But it was um, your panel of mm-hmm. of uh, was it was a film and TV panel that he was on, and he was talking about it, and it was something that I really was interested in, and I was writing for, and I just loved doing mm-hmm. on the side, and I just remember him talking about you know his experience with film and TV, and he was like, you know, I, I used to do a lot of it, but now since I'm with Centricity, it's more mm. church music and CCM focused. Um, I'd like to do more. I guess I would just need the the writers or artists. Mm. And, and it was like real quick at the end. And I thought, oh, interesting. Mm. I should just reach out to him. Mm. So I did. Like, hey, remember me? You know, I'm, I'm doing film and TV. Um, let's hang out. Yeah. And he <laughs> he later told me, he got that and he was like, okay, Cool. It'd be cool to catch up with Jeff, but you know, everybody's doing film and TV. Yeah. So like he didn't even listen to the link that I sent him, which he later admitted because it was <laughs> it was hilarious. Like he was like, 
yeah, I'll go to coffee. We went to coffee and we got to talking and he actually felt like I had an understanding of um, sync and film and yeah, TV. Yeah. And we just kept talking and he actually listened to the music and loved it. And yeah. um, so here we are. So it's kind of all thanks to Full Circle well, Chad, Music. Chad, if you're listening or viewing, we love you, Chad. We love you, and uh, you owe us uh, like a five percent royalty on that. No, I'm just totally <laughs> <laughs> his cut, not mine. His cut, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, let's dive into the actual interview. I, I wanted to preface it just because I think that's an awesome story, and I love any time that we get to hear. Because you know, for all we know, I I do this podcast just because I love having these conversations, and I, I'm such a fan of learning. Mm -hmm. and figure, okay, well, might as well record it and put it out because other people probably would benefit yeah. from it too, you know? So those stories always are exciting for me to hear. So. Yeah. And I mean, I did have a, f a, a shoe in the door yeah. um, from a prior, you know, engagement yeah. with Chad. But I think ultimately it was it was a, an opportunity kind of presented itself. Sure. And I took a step and... Because really, he didn't have to sign me just because I'm in another band or doing whatever. Sure. I'd... I was actually trying to convince him that what I was doing on the side was was cool too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my role in the band had sort of nothing to do with it. Um, sure. So those options are available, I think, to everybody. Yeah, not, and, not and just someone already established. That's the thing. I think a lot of our listeners probably hear these stories and don't even realize that we're we're doing this because these are actually actionable things and. So that's where a guy like you hears that and he's like, oh, why don't I just call the guy? You know, and obviously not everybody has a relationship, but you at least still had to take action on sure, yeah. an opportunity that pre presented itself. So um, good on you for that. Thanks. But yeah, let's just dive straight in. So what was your first dollar that you ever made personally in the music business? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't call it a dollar. It might have been more like a sandwich. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, that's say hey, it depends on the sandwich. It might be worth five. Yeah, yeah, back back in high school, me and my buddy Will, we started this band and we worked at Mancino's Pizza and Grinders, <laughs> and they did this annual Christmas party every year where they like invited all the local Mancinos in or whatever. And where families. where was this? In Anderson, Indiana. Okay. So uh, yeah, so we talked him into letting us play the Christmas party, and we, we you know, we covered Third Eye Blind, Jumper. And we covered probably Smash Mouth, you know, just whatever. and Yeah, like All-Star and all that. Yeah, stuff. you know, I'm sure it was bad. We're just jamming out in the <laughs> restaurant, you know, but um, I think they, they paid us in food. Yeah, hey, that's uh, that's payment. But yeah, I mean, it was fun. And I think that, that sticks out to me as my first. Yeah. So between gig. that and 10th Avenue North, <clears throat> which I assume at that point you were, you know, full-time in it. Um or at least you had intended to go full-time. What was the the journey between getting paid in sandwiches and being a guitar player for this nationally acclaimed, signed touring band? Man, you know, that's a, that's a fascinating question because I feel like there's, like, listening to your podcast and, and meeting people on the road that do music and talking to professionals, there's never one route that everybody sort of finds. It's like the secret hidden path to success or whatever. Everybody's journey is different. So mine went from Mancino's Pizza to um, I, I moved down to Florida to try to get back into school. Mm -hmm. And that's where I met the band in West Palm Beach. Mm -hmm. And a just passionate worship band. Like Mike is a great communicator. Mm -hmm. And I remember them being just like, wow, this is legit. Like I believe what they're saying. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it didn't 
work out. So I moved back to Indiana, try to get back into music. Um, and I had, I had toured with an independent band. If you're from the Midwest, they were called Fisher's Net, later AM Drive. And uh, they I, I remember AM Drive. Really? Who was your bass player? What was your bass, bass player's name? The bass player um, was uh, Nate, and he w- later went on to play for the Elms. Okay. Yep. Um, but I traveled with them as like I just wanted to. I just wanted to travel, so I was on the road with them. This was this was in between high school and college. Yeah. Um, so I'm backtracking a little, but I just yeah. traveled in the van that summer and yeah. just help them set up and you know just learned so much just being in it. Um, yeah. Just saying, I'll go for free, you know, feed me a McDonald's or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was becoming a pattern. Feed me, feed the, the, me it was the food. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> um, it was that college thing. Like, yeah. I'll do it for food. Um, or was it? Yeah. So, you know, doing that, uh, I tried to go back to school. It didn't work. I moved back to Indiana to do more music. And my best friend growing up was John McLaughlin. Mm. It still is John. And he's an incredible singer, songwriter, and piano player and I wasn't uh, I wasn't his uh level of performance so uh you know I, I knew that we all kind of knew that like yeah but uh I ran sound and did some road managing I booked some shows mm-hmm. for him early on just you know just I don't know that sounds like fun I'll do it mm-hmm. um I want to do that and gosh I let's see I auditioned for Kimberly Perry who used to be signed to Sparrow and now she's in the band Perry. Mm. I remember I, I had a friend from college who now works um, with Toby Max Management and Philip, and uh, and he was like, "Hey man, I don't know. There's this artist," and I like auditioned. I f- flew into Nashville from Florida, and I drove over to Greenville, Tennessee, and met her family and like her twin brothers that are in the band were like just kids. And oh, I remember it was um, it was a presidential election. Oh wow! For um, George Jr. Yeah. And uh, anyway, the audition went okay. I don't think I I did that well, but sure. super sweet family. I didn't get the gig, come yeah. to find out. And then she got dropped and became this big country star. But sure. uh, And then another buddy. And here's here's the thing. It's, it's always a friend of a friend of a friend. And just somehow just jumping in, mm-hmm. I feel like if I look at a pattern, it's something presented itself and I just kind of went for it. And this the second opportunity was um, was auditioning on bass for Joy Williams hmm. when her Genesis record came out, and I only did that because I was friends with my buddy Darren Rail, who knew B Thornberry, who was her new road manager and going to be playing guitar too. Yeah. And he was like, "Hey man, we were leaving Nashville. I was just hanging out, and he was like, "Hey, you want to audition for Joy Williams? She's this new artist that I'm working for." Mm. You know, for him, it, she was new. Um, I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. And I was like, hey, do they need a bass player? Because I love playing bass. <laughs> and and he and he asked B, and they said, yeah, we're, we're auditioning drums and bass. And so we just learned the songs together in, in Indiana. And then we drove down and auditioned, and we both got the gig. And so we toured with Joy for a year and a half. Wow. And right as sh- she ended her Christian career and went into mainstream, which is kind of interesting. That's happened twice in my life now. I was going to say, there's, there's also a pattern there. You've, you've, got, you've got Van Perry and then you've got Civil Wars. Yeah. So, like, basically, whoever you play with goes on to become like a huge country star. Is that yes. Kind of the, That's funny. Not that Civil yeah. Wars is country music, but yeah. yeah. Folk, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we played for a year and a half and then she she left the Christian music scene and moved yeah. on. But um, 
It was a fun time, man. Yeah. I, did, I didn't have any responsibility other than showing up and yeah, man, it was serious hanging going on. It was awesome. So between was that was the, uh, the joy Williams gig, the first moment that you were full time in music. Yes. And I was still living in Indiana at the time. You know, I, I got that gig, but you know, Dude, I remember living in Indiana with four dudes and we were all paying like $187 in rent, mm. which was so cheap, but I was struggling to make that, you know? And so I think there's always been a side hustle mm. along with what I've done musically yeah. to in order to keep doing the music. And it's it's a blessing to be able to do it and enjoy it still. Mm. Um, it's It's really hard to do music when you have to make you have to make this amount of money. You've got to survive. I mean, that's just so hard. Yeah. And so, I mean, you come to Nashville and every musician you meet is also a waiter, is also doing this other, you know, design company thing or whatever. So what, what were some of your side hustles along the way? Oh, my word. Um, let me see. Even, okay. If, when I joined 10th Ave um, 12 years ago, uh, we got signed and... I was living with Mike, the lead singer, and two other dudes in a house. And, bro, we got signed, and it was, it, this is probably what your listeners don't want to hear, but we made <laughs> so little money. We toured with Sanctus Real, our first tour, and I think we each made like $30 a show. Wow. Or maybe less, $25 per show when you break it all down. You know, five yeah. band guys, management booking, you know, we just you sold guess, some shirts yeah. and here's the yeah. leftovers. Yeah. Um, so I worked a side hustle with a label. It was back when um, vlogs were really mm. popular. Is that still a thing? Well, I was going to say, are they not Video? anymore? I, mean, I don't know. I feel like people are still vlogging. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of the out, out of the that, loop. that realm. But what the kids are doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. But I, I, I downloaded um, Final Cut yeah. and just sort of learned how to use it. And they'd like swing me a couple hundred bucks to you know, hey, here's all this flip cam footage, if you remember those I things. you remember, yeah. You know, edit this down into a two-minute or one-minute vlog, you know, mm -hmm. transitions in music, and and that was So it was like for, for other artists, basically? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. I did one for Casting Crowns. I did one for uh, Leland. Yeah. Crystal Myers, if you remember her. I do. But, uh, yeah. so there's always been a side hustle. Yeah. I mean, even now, like, even with the band, I mean, we've, reach this level of quote unquote success. But you know, at the end of the day, like I love making music and I want to try to make as much of it as I possibly can. And mm. um, which kind of, you know, leads us yeah, up yeah. to now with working with Chad and centricity and just writing and yeah, just trying to do it. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't necessarily realize that, that, you know, being a, being a band member, it can be all encompassing, but you still have, you know, at times it's it's not the most creative gig because you're showing up and playing the same set every night, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, essentially. Yeah. And there's yeah. not huge variation there. Obviously, you're making records. That's creative. Um, there's some writing that goes into that and some production that goes into that. But I love that you found this other creative outlet. Like, when did you start developing this sync thing? And is it mm -hmm. just you or is it like, a, like an artist, you know, alter ego? Yeah. Or is it like a few guys? Well... Going way back, my brother went to Full Sail yeah. down in Florida to do music production, uh, studio production, or studio engineering. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah. So that's when I first heard of Pro Tools. And I think it was version six at the time. And, you know, here's this thing where you can 
record a guitar pass. And if you don't like it, you can go do it again and again and again and again. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, I remember being in my closet recording guitar and my brother recording me. There was an SM81 that we borrowed from the church. And he did this thing where he's just loop record. You get to the end, go back, do it again. It's just yeah. automatic. And just puts, I think it put it in a, in a playlist. And eventually I did like 40 of them. <laughs> and I'm, and I like the music's going and I like open the closet door when my brother's like, just asleep at the chair. <laughs> and I just was just filling all these playlists. Anyway, I was hooked. Like he showed me the ropes and like I got the LE version and whatever. And, you know, just I've been doing Pro Tools and recording for ages. And I love just that technical side of things and the creative possibilities with it. And so, yeah, I mean, I everybody loves movies. Everybody loves film and to some degree. And I, I just... I don't know. It's just a passion thing. Yeah. Doing that and trying to figure out, you know, what works and what doesn't work and what could work. And mm. it's just another level of creativity um, for me. And um, does that answer your question? Yeah. Is there so, another half Yeah, to that totally. Question? Yeah. How, how did you end up discovering that, you know, writing music for sync was the lane that you wanted to go for? Oh, right. Um, yeah. Okay. So, with sync, it was kind of like what well, there's the band and we we're doing what we're doing. We're all in. There's a lot of downtime on the road and sometimes at home. And it was like, man, what could I do with all this time? We were there was there was a year, man, where we were playing a massive amount of golf on the road. <laughs> like we were playing like the dollar courses, you know, where it's like a dollar a hole or less, or who has the hookup? We're just playing all this golf. I was getting pretty good. Yeah. And we were loving it. But I realized, like, oh, my gosh, all this, like, what am I doing? I'm not going to be an incredible golfer. Like, Yeah, you're going to go get your PGA card after yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I doing? Like, I need to just refine my craft and yeah. just do what I love. And um, I was thinking, like, how could I do it without, you know, conflicting with the band? Because I still want to do the band. I'm all in with the band. How can I do it on the side but do it well? And it seemed like sync fit the bill. <laughs> Just stylistically with what you were into? Yeah, stylistically, uh, uh, growth potential. Mm. Because, you know, doing two things, they're always going to butt heads. Sure. And this seemed like the best option that they could both be fruitful and separate mm. and harmonious. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've, you know, with Chad, we've got two monikers mm. that, like, I won't reveal the names of because I'm really trying to keep it completely separate. Like, okay, I don't want it to be like, you know, this is Jeff and 10th Avenue North or the guitar player from that one band or yeah, that completely separate because we're also signed to a label. Sure. Yeah. And once, you know, there's that cross pollinization yeah. concerns start raising. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's fun, man. And it's kind of cool. It's like this like secret. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That, that you can fun. just, you can be this secret little <clears throat> professor dude in the corner making music. And so, What's what's the journey been like that so far? Obviously, just you know, fairly recently signing the pub deal. Um, how do you approach writing music for film and TV? Like, what's your process like? Oh, man, usually it's like I'm taking out the trash, and like this phrase comes to mind or something. Yeah. I'm just you know, you're doing the mundane, and like your brain goes to this creative space. I don't know. I can't really explain it, but. Yeah a lyric will come to mind or a melody and I'll go, Oh, what's that? 
and I'll just sort it out in my my mind, or I'll pull out my voice recorder on my phone and like, you know, bang on my oven and like, you know, like sort yeah. it out and come back to it later or yeah. keep thinking of, you know, because yeah. then eventually I'll get interrupted, at, you know, for whatever reason. But yeah. Um, the creatively, yeah, and it's like, what is that? What am I trying to say? What's that phrase I'm looking at right now? How could that be used, you know, either for the band or just another, you know, a pop right or film and TV or mm. well, that sounds like this, huh? That would be good for a Prius commercial. I can picture <laughs> it now, you know, or whatever. So, yeah. Um, the song's called Energy. Energy. There you go. That's, that's yes. it, right? <laughs> Pure. Pure uh, energy. It's awesome. So, t- talk a little bit about because I, I think a, a lot of what I what I'd like to get to is just this idea that you know what are some different things that you know members of a band can do to expand and grow their um, musical career and, and find new opportunities because mm-hmm. you know a lot of people don't even realize that there's yeah. all these different things out there that they could be outside of waiting tables and yeah uh, man you know a buddy of mine. David Dietrich, who plays for Colton mm-hmm. Dixon, comes to mind. He, as they're traveling, he um, he'll he'll do lessons, guitar lessons mm. on the road through his socials. You know, hey, I've got slots open during this time in this city, mm. or uh, you know, uh, he'll go lead worship at a church, or he'll maybe do seminars, little seminars like on the road, which is really cool. It's such a creative way to like guitar seminars or like. Yeah, I think there's seminars. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe they're just lessons. Yeah. But, um, and, you know, and we were talking about this before we hit record about things that the band is doing now that's sort of in addition to what we do. And and that's so you're not <clears throat> you're not the only one that's doing yeah, um, other things. You know, it's crazy. A few days ago, Ruben, our bass player, just got his uh, real estate license. Yeah. yeah. So uh, another buddy of ours, David Poindexter, um, yeah. he just got his... Uh, yeah, his real estate license, Devin Poindexter. And uh, he was playing for Colton as well. Hmm. Uh, not anymore, but, you know, it's possible to have this side hustle to keep doing what you love and not feel like you're trapped yeah. or you're making it because you have to... I think with creative people, there's such a, a dynamic between fitting in a box and doing what you love and being able to support yourself. It's just such a weird... Sure. We heard... Um, John Foreman say it once that we're at this intersection of faith, art, and commerce. Mm. And we're just constantly dodging traffic. That's so mm. poignant because, you know, how do you keep doing? I think that's what your listeners are all about. Mm. Like, how do I, how do I do it? How do I keep doing it? Yeah. And where we're at, where we are at now on sort of, sort of the other end is how do we keep doing what we love to do? Mm. Um, you know, you're writer and producer and you've, You've got a podcast and you've got, you know, these seminars that you do, songwriting things and all this other stuff in order to fuel the whole thing. And um, yeah, so back to our band, you know, Mike, our lead singer is writing a book. He'll, oh, wow. he'll come out with a book next year. Wow. You know, he loves to communicate. He loves, that's his favorite part of the show is, is getting everybody in the audience to go, oh, wow, mm. I see. Yeah. You know, I understand God a little better now. Mm. He loves that part of it. So he's writing a book. So, wow. and, you know, it's, it's just crazy. You know, our keyboardist, Brendan, is big into the real estate game. I think you know him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and it's not like he's he's not sitting on a pile of money. He's just investing and in getting loans and being strategic. Sure. And, yeah. 
you know, there's a lot of time to kill on the road. You can sit on a laptop for hours sometimes. And yeah. if there's Wi-Fi, man, you could you can have a whole side business going. But anyway, to wrap that up in a yeah, nice yeah. bow, yeah. your free time, I feel like, can can really contribute to what you're doing. Mm. I just got into Fortnite. I don't know if you played that game. Never even heard of it. Oh my gosh, bro. It's like this new like gaming sensation. It's free, like on Xbox. You just okay. download it, whatever. It's addictive, but I'm looking at my guys. They probably all know about it. Yeah, right they're now, all like, so, oh yeah. Yeah, they're, oh, yeah. they're nodding their heads. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I could sit, I could sit there for hours playing Fortnite. Um, I don't have that kind of time in my, my life with family and kids and, you yeah. know, traveling, whatever, but I could. But what am I, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, that's where I realized, well, all the golf. It's like, what am I doing? I could mm. still do what I love, but keep, you know, keep encouraging it to grow and move. And I sort of just realized, like, if I can just, if I have two hours of free time, I could spend that playing Fortnite or or watching Netflix or whatever. Mm. Or I could go and just try to see if a song idea comes up mm. or an old one that I had trying to develop that just a little bit, two hours, come yeah. up with a drum beat and a pad sound and then come back to it. Yeah. But I feel like it's kind of better that way too. Mm. I'm sidetracking, but you know, to come back to it and go, Oh wow, that does work. Or, Oh, what was I thinking? Yeah. Once you have that time of separation, you know, the next day, got yeah. got some time, go back into it, open something up, you know, and, and take a look at it. So good. So do you have any maybe tips or advice on how to navigate because you you actually said it really well. They, the two things that you do exist harmoniously together. Um, but I think a lot of people struggle to find and create something that does work. That's not just right. like a, you know, I mean, obviously we have a lot of things that we do, but it's always the struggle is keeping the main thing, the main thing. So mm. how do you, do you have any tips or advice or strategies with how you navigate that? Yeah. Wow. That's an interesting question. There's this uh, interview that Quincy Jones did a little while ago, and he said, like, I've never done anything to make money. Mm. You know, he's basically like, I do it because I love music. He didn't even, he said he didn't even do Thriller for the money, mm. Michael Jackson's Thriller. He's like, when you do something for money, God walks out of the room. Mm. And I'm like, I've got some theological complications with that statement, but I understand what he's saying. Uh, you know, judging by his language and the rest of the interview, I don't think he's a really convicted, uh, you know, evangelical Christian or whatever. But sure. I mean, the statement is, is yeah, pretty it's a great statement. Yeah, it's pretty true. Like, I think it's just it's just daily finding that balance of of asking yourself, like, why am I out here on the road? Is it is it to to encourage other believers in their walk through the music that we make and and find some stragglers along the way and try to get them to realize that what we're saying is mm. is believable and 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 point them to a higher truth or is it the paycheck mm. you know that's that's a stark difference and you know I think it's just that's that's the believers struggle with with what you do your your um, vocation and your calling uh, you know, we're all called to make disciples. Mm. And how do you do that with with music? Yeah. You know, and paying your mortgage or feeding your family. How do you do that? Mm. That's a big question. Like, I think we're, we all constantly ask ourselves. And so ask yourself that question. Yeah. To, to, to answer your question. I would. It's a great, it's a great way to answer it. Yeah. 
you know, work, work at Mancino's pizza and grinders and keep making music and play shows and just do it. There's no, like, there's no key that you're going to find and it's going to unlock this door and you're going to skyrocket into, into whatever you're wanting to do musically. (laughs) For me, man, it was auditioning and it was traveling on the road and getting paid in sandwiches. And I stumbled across my favorite worship band and they happened to ask me to play and join the band later on you know several years removed from when i met them it's just time and god will will send your little boat down the river you know so Um, good so good uh let's jump into our full circle five number one what is the most common book that you recommend people i feel like books can be broken down in three categories okay there's like self-growth yeah there's spiritual growth and then there's just recreational reading okay so so Give us one from each of those categories. Ooh, one from each. Okay, I'll give you. Okay, so with my spiritual growth, um, I would for musicians, I would recommend No Compromise, the story mm-hmm. of Keith Green. Incredible book. I mean, it will change your life if you are a musician and you're a Christian. This book will change your life. Wow. Um, the other one for personal growth would be Creativity Inc., the story of Pixar. Have you read it? So good. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. so good game changer it's yeah in a creative environment and just even learning about yourself and dealing with creativity and rejection Mm. and participation yeah it's a huge uh insight Mm -hmm. and then recreational reading i don't really read (laughs) i think that kind of gets broken down into whatever pops up in my facebook feed and that article sounds interesting (laughs) you know yeah I, i i was never a big fiction reader until uh I guess C.S. Lewis, you know that that's sure. about as far as I go in the in the fiction yeah. genre. But I'm I'm with you too. So uh, number two, failure only turns into a lesson if it changes your perspective or your behavior or the way you look at things. So in that sense, do you have a favorite failure that you can look back on and man, that was a, a turning point for you? Yeah. Um, so way back when I was in college. I had my Taylor 414 CE that I got when I graduated high school and my dad got me. And I was writing songs and I thought I was hot stuff. And I and I wanted to just, wanted people to like me. I wanted people to like my music. And I even signed this little, I guess it was a record label. My buddy Kyle and his other buddy got this grant from the business department at co- in college to start their to start a business because they had the best proposal or whatever, like $2,500 or something. Go start your business. And yeah. I mean, we're doing a label. So I was the artist and I made this independent record. And I realized after doing so many shows and, and just trying and trying and trying, I realized, what am I doing? I just want people to like me. Mm. I just want people to accept my art. And I realized how fleeting it was. And I just was like, I, I, I just don't want to keep doing that it feels so empty mm. and then they made me <laughs> buy back the cds i don't know they're like they were graduated from college i don't know where that money went but <laughs> i had to pay them back i don't know it was <laughs> silly but uh so that was my favorite failure of because i think had that worked out or had i just kept going and just try to get people to enjoy what i'm doing like it would have sent me on this bizarre reality track yeah. and I don't know where I would have ended up but yeah God just said it, this yeah this isn't gonna work man you're just in it for the wrong reasons yeah 
before diving in fully and going, you know, full time into the music business, what was the number one thing that held you back? Oh, it was myself. It was that that's anytime I've I've tried to do music and be accepted or be validated, it's it's just a no-go, man. It's just a dead end. Um the most surprised I've ever been with creating music have have just come in through ways that I I did not necessarily orchestrate or have anything to do with. It just showed up. And that's huge. I mean, because that just proves that that God is is working in my life for me. Yeah. It's good. So what is one thing that's working for you right now? Uh, creatively, I would say it's, it's just coming to terms with my weaknesses. Mm. But what I mean is like in production and songwriting, I think I, I tried for so long to like be everything to all people and realizing like, man, I have a hard time hearing intervals. Mm. Like that's, that's not a common thing in our, what we do. Mm. And I think for so long, I didn't want people to realize like, you know, I have a hard, like, I got to sit down with a song and I've got to really figure out the progression to play it. But some people can just go, oh, that's one, six, five, mm. you know, oh, minor three, oh, you're going to a flat seven, you know, yeah. like yeah. it takes me a while. Like I can hear some, but mm. just be like out in the open, like, yeah, you know, I'm not the quickest at that. A lot of people are so fast with that, but like, that's a gift. And that's a, that's a discipline that they probably came to playing piano as a kid. And that was their process. But, you know, I could listen to a song and tell you that the snare is sampled and mm-hmm. the singer probably has a mustache. You know, and <laughs> I, I, I want to know how you know that. Because that <laughs> that's pretty amazing. If you're yeah, using, you know, the bristles on the... <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Sometimes people with mustaches sound like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not, incredible. Uh, but, you know, there's there's other disciplines that I... Yeah. My brother going to Full Sail and falling asleep <laughs> while I'm recording. Like, yeah. learning that and yeah. that route. What to do when your engineer falls asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when he's not getting paid and he's related to you. But, uh, so good, man. That's a, that's a great answer. Uh, so, so lastly, if you woke up tomorrow morning and this whole business, this thing that you've built, the band, all, all of it fell apart and you had to start from square one, but you could do anything you want. You have all the existing relationships and knowledge. Where would you start? That's a tough one. That's a really hard one. So, like, I still knew you and Chad Segura and mm-hmm. everybody, but yeah, like it's just it's just me and nothing else. Yeah. I don't know. I think I would just keep hanging out with people mm. and probably still retreat to my bedroom and write songs, come up with melodies as I'm taking out the trash, yeah, and just keep going, just realizing that. The future's unwritten. Like, uh, it's yeah, just, yeah. God, God will do what he's already done, just maybe in a different way. Yeah, it's a good, good answer. So are you, is there anything that you're working on currently that you're pumped about you'd like to share? Oh, man. Yeah. June's going to be busy. I don't know when this is going to come out. but um, So the band, we renegotiated our little insider music business uh, information. We renegotiated our deal with Provident, and in that we wanted to do an imprint label mm. and they let us do that. And so we found this, this band called land of color mm. 
And it's two guys that we just love their hearts, their music. It's just, everything is just so mm. rad. Um, you know, traveling, you, you come across so many performers and musicians and artists and mm. there's so few that you're like, man, that I want them to be in front of people. I want them communicating to massive, massive amounts of people because I, I see where their heart's coming from. Mm. Anyway, these two guys are a part of that land of color. So we're recording their their first record and going to have meetings and try to figure all that out, getting our first band on our imprint out. Yeah. That's, At the same awesome. time, the band's going to do an EP. Yeah. Our 10th Ave will have yeah. an EP that'll come out in the fall. Um, yeah. So we've got to get cracking on. Yeah. Unfinished tracking that and so much. And then still writing with yeah. uh, centricity and. Yeah and doing the sync thing so it's awesome man we got a lot going on. got a lot going on and congrats on huge huge single man control has ma- been a massive song oh so. thanks yeah so good so how can people interact with you i mean on instagram my name is jeff owen with an underscore okay. after that uh and i'm on facebook sometimes <laughs> uh twitter rarely i don't even i think my name on twitter is schmefo but you don't need to follow that because I'm the, I don't really do anything. We'll we'll link to your Instagram. Okay, so we'll do Brad. That. Yeah, and then the band is Tenth uh, Ave North. Yeah, on pretty much all of our socials. So That's awesome. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for being here on the uh, Made It Music Podcast. Yeah, it was an honor. Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and you've been listening to the Made It in Music Podcast. This show is produced by the Full Circle Music Company with editing help from Jordan Salamoni. Look out, we got a survey coming. We want to know what you guys want. Do you have any specific guest suggestions? Do you have topics? Do you have ideas? Questions you want answered? Look out, we got a survey coming in the very near future for you. So keep your eyes peeled and we do want to hear from you. Again, head over to fullcirclemusic.com. Our new website is live and it is up and it has got all the info on what we've got going on at our company. Many of you guys are asking us a lot of questions. What is Full Circle Music? Well, uh, in case we haven't already explained it enough or you're maybe you're new to our world, uh, Full Circle Music really is kind of a four-part uh, situation. We've got a production company where we're producing records. I've been doing that for a long time. We've got a development label. We have a publishing company with signed writers and we also have an academy. Many of you have heard about us through the Academy, and many of you who listen to podcasts have been to the Academy. And um, it is virtual resources, lots and lots of info on our website about that. Fullcirclemusic.com. Check that all out, and it will clear some stuff up if you are foggy. And what is Full Circle Music? Why do we do what we do? Who are we? And uh, just some fun little staff facts as well too about me and and the other team members at full circle music so again thank you so much for listening head over to the show notes page to check out just some of the links and resources from this episode it's just made it in music.com slash 120 and we will see you on the last and final episode of the made it in music podcast season one coming up tommy iceland on the next episode so stick around it's going to be a good one And I hope 2018 has been the best, most fruitful, creative, inspiring year for all of you yet. But I know 2019 has even bigger things in store. And we want to help be a part of that for your journey. So we'll see you on the next episode. 